Um, what is that called? Help me out. Yes, for, for the garden. My mom's a gardener. I do not have a green thumb. Everything I touch dies. So the Midwest has four different seasons. See, the Midwest is the, the best place to plant for crop. Well, farming is best in the Midwest. There's winter, spring, summer, and fall. And God uses these seasons in our life for us, and, and he teaches us things throughout each season. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord, are changed in the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. God uses seasons to take us from glory to glory. Now, we learn things in our seasons about ourselves, but what we need to remember is that God uses seasons to teach us things about Him. Because it's when we see Him, glory, that means when He reveals who He is, we get a revelation of God. It's a revelation, so from revelation, from glory to glory, every time we get a glimpse of who God is, we transform. And so seasons are used so that we see who God is. God uses seasons to show us his glory. He gives us glimpse by glimpse moments, and then he transforms us. When we see who he is in every season, we get a glory glimpse, and it should transform our lives. Revelation by revelation. That word revelation is God reveals himself through his word, through nature. The Bible says that God reveals. He shouts out. Creation shouts out that there's a creator. And this workshop is about taking those seasons and being beautiful in them. So we need to discern our season, what season are we in, and then we need to be beautiful in it. God makes seasons, changing of times and situations, and every change, there's sometimes chaos, sometimes there's order, sometimes there's life, sometimes there's death, there's sowing and there's reaping, and all these seasons, life changes. This is what life is from birth to death, it's constantly changing. Yes. We're yes. constantly going through seasons, and the minute we're getting out of one, we're going right into the next one. Yeah. And though seasons change, God remains the same. Amen. In those moments of change and season, God teaches us something along the way. He wants us to, he wants to reveal himself in every season. Mm -hmm. So I ask myself this question. In the seasons of my life, just even this morning, and I was looking outside and looking at, at the, the bare trees. And I'm like, God, you know, in my seasons, what was the reoccurring theme? What, what have you shown me? And I, I mentioned this in, earlier in my, in my message, but God has shown me that he's been faithful. Mm. That he's been faithful in the ripping away of the things that I love. Mm. He's been faithful. When I was sitting in my car getting the most devastating news that a mom can get, mm -hmm. I was faithful. Oh. When my marriage was in shambles and we were on the verge of divorce, though we were running a youth ministry, mm -hmm. God was faithful. Mm -hmm. And I asked myself, the reoccurring season, the, the, the reoccurring theme is that in the seasons of my life, God has been Faithful. And this was God's revelation to me. 
in every season, in the season of my marriage that he's faithful, even when my husband wasn't, in the season of the doctor's report to me for my son is that God is a God that heals diseases, even though we can't see it. In the time in my life when my dad rejected me, as a little girl at two years old, and then at 17, when I tried to look for my dad, he rejected me again over and over and over, and what God showed me is, though your father and your mother forsake you, I will never forsake you, says the Lord. Though the nursing mother who nurses her child forgets her child, I will never forget you, says the Lord. And these were the things that God was showing me in my seasons, and the seasons were rough. I mean, I'm not telling you, I mean, I cried through them, I fought through them, and I found myself desperate in them. And at the end of them, I'm, I can say this honestly, at the end of every trial, at the end of every lesson, I look back and I'm like, God, you were there. God, you were faithful. God, you were showing me who you are, and that you don't change even though my situations do. When I, um, my dad had rejected me to, for many years, 21, I come to the Lord. The Lord tells me, forgive your dad. And I'm like, okay. I meet my dad at a bar because my dad was an alcoholic. And I asked him for forgiveness. And I thought, that was it. I'm good. I did the Christian thing. God, I'm straight. Years later, both me and my husband, we started a house church. And um, right before this, um, I was watching the movie Little Princess, and I don't know if any of you have seen that movie. Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, at the end of it, I'm crying, I'm, I'm yes. and my husband's like, hey, it's okay that you still got daddy wounds. And I'm like, stop. I'm okay. I forgave him. I was so mad at him. And I was like, he's fine. I, I told God I forgave him. My dad doesn't want a relationship with me. That's fine. <laughs> then my dad comes back into my life. And now this time he has cancer. Mm. And I had to forgive the man who had rejected me over and over. And I came to him with a callous heart. I was like, you are not getting into this space. You're not going to get into my heart like Paul said, we build those walls, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But God melted my heart and he changed my heart for my dad. And at my dad's, he had cancer. So at the hospital room where we were signing, not me, but his wife was signing DNR. The do not resuscitate people. I leaned my head on my father's chest and I forgave him and I wept. And I and he looked at me and he said, Where have the years gone? You're a woman. And there, in that moment, in that season, though it was hard, God was peeling away my scab because I was trying to cover my hurt. That hurt, and I was like, God, why would you bring my dad again to take him from me? I don't understand your ways. And what God was trying to show me in that season was, because there was a whole thing, and that's part of my story. I'm not sharing that particularly today. But God showed me, and though I was always fathering you. And then I found scriptures recently where it says, in your mother's womb, I knew you. And there's one that says, I called you even in your mother's womb. It's in the Psalms. I'll find it another time. But God was showing me, even in my mother's womb, he was fathering me. And in the hospital room, when they signed the do not resuscitate papers, it was as if God was making me sign my own. Don't resuscitate 
forward. Ooh. Don't necessitate the pain. Mm. I've healed you from this. And ladies, mm. I love that I can say this, and I can say this, that I'm healed from daddy wounds. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I am. There's some things God still needs to deal with in a sister, okay? But daddy wounds, I'm great. I'm like, praise God. And you know what? God uses my story to help other sisters. Why did I go through that season? Like to help other sisters in their season. When my marriage was in shambles, why did I go through that season? Because I, God knew that there were going to be couples knocking at our door yeah. and yep. saying, is there hope for our marriage? Yep. And I said, yes, yes there is. Yep. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. Yes. And I seen my story, my husband's story, by the power of God, God restored marriages because I went through the season. Can God redeem seasons? Yes, yes he can. Can he redeem pain? Yes, he can. Yes. Why does God use seasons, right? Man, he is so good. And he's a farmer. And he's tilling the soil. And he was tilling the soil of my hardened heart. And God's, God's concern about our hearts, right, is that there's no obstructions in the way. Bad soil is rocky soil. And so God uses seasons as a farmer to till the soil. He takes out the rocks, he takes out the bitterness, he takes out the weeds. You know, weeds can grow anywhere. And they can look like, like flowers. And then you like grab that thing and it's just on the surface. You know, what happened? Bad soil. Weeds came in. And so God takes out weeds, he takes out rocks because God is concerned about our hearts. Those seasons change, God never does. And I love, I, I'm, I'm an artist. I, I love the arts, I love poetry, my children are artists, I write music and poems and I love to write. And Jason Upton, he says this, the artist needs different seasons. And God is a creator, so he's the most creative person. And so when we see the sky and the change of the weather, the, the red in the sky and the, the snow, even though we hate winter, the snow is just so beautiful. And like you said, the fall, right? The leaves on the floor, the, the colors. God is an artist, and in different seasons, we can see his artistry. Not too long ago, I don't know if you remember, it was... I mean, it was all over people's Facebook. Um, Chicago had like all four seasons in one day. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like cold. I had my, my jacket. And then it got warm, and so I would use my sweater. Then it started raining. I'm like, did I need an umbrella? And then the sun came out, and it was hot, and I got stripping. And it happened three times that day. And I was like, what in the world? All seasons at one time just thrown at us. We were all confused. I don't yeah. know. I got confused. <laughs> I didn't know jacket, umbrella. No, okay. Can you imagine if God threw all the seasons at us at once? What that would do to us? Right? God uses seasons. He takes us, before he takes us to the new season, another season needs to end. Amen. So the, there's the four seasons. Winter, spring, summer, and fall, there's, God uses those analogies as well as to show us what he's doing in our lives through the scriptures. I did not have enough time to go through it all. It would be a book, let me tell you. <laughs> Get my book when I write. But summer, I'm going to touch on them, and then I'm going to hit on one specifically, okay? Or two, if we got time. <laughs> I'm going to get the time. Time two. All right. Summer. This is the season where... 
the scriptures closely relate summer to wine and to grapes. And it's in this time that we're enjoying a fruit and basking in all that God is doing. Summer is great. These are the mountaintop um, experiences, right? And we're just like, thank you, Jesus. And everything is good and dandy. But sometimes summer comes as a season of dryness. And there's no rain when we feel dry and scorched. And what do we do in the season of drought? Well, I'm not going to touch too much on it, but one thing I'm just going to throw out is we worship through our drought. Mm. Something happens when you worship through your drought. That's just a little tip for you. When you worship through the valley, God brings rain, right? Mm. And then there's spring. Psalms of Solomon says, For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, and the time of singing of birds has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land, the fig tree bears forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away with me. In spring, we see the season of blooming, when God is doing beautiful new things in us. It's a season of growth, a season that comes only after he's ripped some things from us, right? Because <laughs> right before spring is what? Winter. And so... God says in the scriptures that you can't put new wine in old wineskin. Yeah. So God yeah. does away with the old to bring the new. That's the season of spring. Fall, our autumn, harvest time. It's the time when fruits and crops are gathered. This is the season of fall, of abundance and of fruit. And then there's winter. Oh, beautiful winter. I won't be touching that season too much. If I have time, I can. But, um, but winter. Winter brings clarity. Winter brings the warmth of God's presence. Because winter is the time when you feel chill. It's the storms. It's the, the cold. And, and things are, ha are, are, are happening in our life that I have no control of. And the scriptures say that the snow is like a cover. Like a cover. And God covers us in the winter. Sometimes we can't see what God is doing. My son recently, he broke his, what is this called, his left radius, thank you. He broke his left radius, and every day, it's been a little frustrating for me, but every day he comes to me and says, Mom, do you think I'm going to need surgery? Because we've had some instances where I'm going to get um, a second opinion taking him to Children's Memorial, where I work, and Lurie Children's. And so he's like, Mom, do you think I'm going to need surgery? And, and constantly, and hearing this, and I don't think I'm going to need surgery. I think I'm going to find it, I'll pop it back in, and mm -hmm. stuff, but you know? And Jeremiah's arm is broken, and he wants to get healed fast. And God is healing a broken bone. It takes time. And we can be like that, too. We're so consumed about the next season that we miss what God is doing right now. So discern your season and be beautiful. There's a quote that says, where your feet are, be there. Be where your feet are. And then my husband always says this quote. Wherever you are at, be all there. What is your season? Where are you at in this, um, this morning or afternoon? Sorry. Maybe you need God to help you discern your season. And remember that seasons have purpose. Seasons change, but God doesn't. Until um, there's different elements that, that change a season, right? And so, so much happens within the change of season that 
we don't see what's going on for all these things happening. Like the, the earth has to rotate, the sun needs to be close enough to the earth for the heat of sun, for it to be summer and seasons change. But sometimes there's some things that are happening that need to happen before they change. And God, when he's doing, John Piper says, when God is doing one thing, he's doing 10,000 things. And sometimes we, in our waiting, this is the season I'm going to touch on very quickly, the season of waiting. The season where we wait. I want the next season, or I want this to happen, and I'm stuck in this in-between place, the time where we don't see activity. Sometimes we think God's not working on my behalf. And so we're praying for someone, or we're trusting God for something, and we don't see answer to prayer. It's the waiting season for some single people. It's like, when is God going to bring me my husband? It's a waiting season. And the reason why we are forced to wait is because we have to wait for another season to end, for the next season to come. And we have no control over the season's change. The problem with the waiting season is this. It can cause in us, and it can burden us, anxiety, Worry, frustration, discontentment, resentment towards our situation, and it can cause doubt. Mm -hmm. Doubt that God sees me. God, doubt that God has not seen me and he's overlooked me. Doubt that, that my life is never going to change. It's just going to stay like this. And doubt that he can answer. Mm -hmm. Rather than appreciate, appreciating every part of our lives as God-given seasons of preparation and molding, we become grumblers in our season. We grow impatient and dissatisfied, especially when that particular season feels mundane, difficult, frustrating, and it's taking longer than we think it should. Mm -hmm. So we need to ask God, how can I be beautiful in the waiting season? How can I discern that this is a waiting season, and how can I be beautiful in it? My husband, we were, at, we were in Montana. We um, visited a good friend of ours, Richard. And he took us to a farm, and there was two parts of the land. One part of the land had um, crops, and the other looked like it had been tilled, but it didn't have anything growing. And my, ha my husband asked him, he's like, why is one half of the field growing and the other half doesn't have any crops? And he says, well, the farmer didn't farm the entire crop because he rotates the land. He lets half of it go for a full cycle, to restore and to prepare for the, for the soil to prepare for seed and for better crop the following year. It's better soil when it's rested. See, God is doing something in, in the waiting. When you don't see his hand, when you've been asking him for something and you're in that waiting room, he knows that he probably has to put that land or that soil on, 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 on wait while he... Um, while he tills your soil, while he heals you, while he's doing something in you so that you can plant the seed so a better crop can grow. It's important to discern that the waiting season is God's way to help us to rest, help us to restore, help us to replenish. So God is always doing 10,000 things on your behalf, although you may be aware of three. <laughs> Just because you can't see activity right. does not mean there is an activity. Mm -hmm. God is working even in the waiting. Mm -hmm. I remember being in waiting rooms are, I hate being in waiting rooms. I'm like, how long is this stuff going to take? Like, come on, I got things to do, right? <laughs> waiting rooms are frustrating. Oh. <laughs> Truly, 
regardless of the season we're in, we can turn our focus onto other things and not focus on the 10,000 things we think he's not doing. And that's how we grow um, discontent. Yeah. Like, God, you're not doing this, 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 and this. You're like, but how about I'm doing this? That's good. Right? Mm -hmm. And we can grow discontent. In all of our seasons, God has one purpose to them, to make us like Jesus and to draw, draw us closer to him mm -hmm. and for us to eventually bear fruit. Mm -hmm. So if you have discerned that you're in the waiting season, ask God to help you be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Ask God for you to be content in your waiting. <clears throat> Only he can do that in you. <clears throat> the farmer knows that. He knows the soil. He knows how to soften it. He knows how to, to get better fruit. And so we have to true, trust the farmer. But good soil can't be with obstruction, like I was telling you. And so... He, you know, the farmer tills the soil, and, and, and then the farmer plants the seed, and then he leaves it up to the mercy gift. He's like, we're letting what, what we call nature, right? What people call nature. We have to wait for the sun. We have to wait for the wind. We have to wait for the right temperature. Mm -hmm. And we have to wait, and we're at God's mercy in the waiting, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you're doing here, but um, and here's what the scriptures say in James 5, 7. How do you respond in the season of waiting? It says, therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil to be patient about it until he gets the early and late rain. You too, be patient. Strengthen your heart for the coming of the Lord is near. And just like a farmer waits for his precious produce, as we wait for God, we want to wait and ask the Lord to strengthen our hearts in the waiting season. Wait on the Lord, Psalms 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he will what? Strengthen your heart. In the waiting season, we wait on God. And we grow in courage. And we trust God. God uses the waiting season to make us strong. To enforce courage and trust in us. And how does God want us to respond? Patiently. I know we hate that word patience. Like, don't pray for patience and God brings trials. Like, don't do that. But this word patience, it means don't lose heart. Persevere patiently and endure bravely. Persevere patiently and endure bravely. And sometimes the season of waiting is a season of rest and restoration. Somebody once told me that the most spiritual thing I can do is take a nap. <laughs> hey. Sometimes we want to rescue the world and we haven't had a nap in like how many days. Sometimes we need to rest. Jesus even rested. He pulled away and he rested. God is teaching us to trust and rest. Why? Because we can trust that our God is good and he has our best in mind. And his glory in mind. When I first came to the Lord, um, I was on fire for the Lord. I was like all out. I was living with my husband now, my boyfriend. And I wouldn't invite him to church. And he'd get ready and then he wouldn't go. And I'd be like, man, this brother. So I started praying for him. And I remember I'll come home. I was the Holy Spirit. I was like, you need to change. And this, this, and that, you know. And my, one of my teachers said, sometimes we need to shut up and pray. And I was like, ooh. We need to go shut up and pray. So I began praying for him. 
I'm praying for him and praying for him. But in my waiting season for my husband to, my boyfriend at the time, to surrender his life, God was doing something in me. Mm -hmm. What he was doing in me was, he's like, I like what you're doing. I like that you're spending time with me. I like that you're praying. I like that you're speaking to me. I like that you're pressing in. I'm going to answer you, but I like what's going on between us. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep you here for a minute, mm -hmm. for eight months in fact. <laughs> See, on that plot of land in Montana, they could have planted the soil, but the farmer knew he could get more fruit if he waited. Mm. Wow. See, God wow. had me waiting because he was producing more fruit than me already. While I was praying, while I was seeking the Lord, and, and, and I would have moments with God as I'm praying for Tony, the Lord's like, you're just as guilty. I'm like, God. And God was changing me. And praise the Lord, my husband gave his life to Jesus, and he hasn't turned back either, and the Lord has been doing amazing work. I'm in love with the drummer here. <laughs> <laughs> and in, in the waiting season, we become more focused. We could come back with more energy and more vitality, more fervency. <coughs> and I think I'm out of time, but... I'm going to end with this story. If you want some notes on, on winter, we'll talk about it. In our season, God never moves, even though the seasons change. God never does. And we can trust God. So my, my challenge to you is this. Discern your season. You don't know what season you're in? Start to sit with winter, spring, fall, um, drought. Look for, for elements of ch seasons change and ask God, where am I at right now? How can I be beautiful in you? If I gave you everything, you wouldn't search the scriptures yourself. Go look. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will teach you. Yeah. And he'll show you and he'll enlighten you. Because you have him living in you. Especially if, if you've been seeking. The Lord wants to show you. The Holy Spirit lives in those who are his. If you have not surrendered your life, you've got the Holy Spirit. You're going to leave somebody to help you. But, um, anyway. I'm <laughs> correct. <laughs> John 15, when you get a chance, read it. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and you are the branches. Mm -hmm. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what does he do? He takes it away. Yep. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. Sometimes we're in a pruning season. God's yeah. cutting some things off that you haven't, it's not that you're doing anything wrong, there's yeah. no sin, he's just pruning you. And you have to say, God, if this is a pruning <coughs> season, help me to endure it and help me to bear fruit through it. And then he says, already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, it is he who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This has been the verse that God continues to take me back to. When I'm trying to be self-sufficient, when I think I got this on my own, and then I'm burnt out, and I'm over here saying, God, I need you. He's like, I know. <laughs> when were you going to come to me? See, we bear fruit by being attached to the branch. Yes. 
We bear fruit by staying close and abiding and staying under. How do you discern your season? You ask God, show me. And how are you beautiful in it? You stay underneath. You abide. You abide so that you can bear fruit. And God will bear fruit in you. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's end in prayer.